welcome to episode 37 of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. Uh, this is a big week. A lot of stuff has happened in the last week. A lot of stuff. A lot. Uh, I am Craig. I am Britt. And Britt, we're here again. Yes. This has been a huge week in free agency in the NFL. I don't think I've ever seen this many moves literally the day before free agency started. And it really hasn't been a week because we last recorded on Saturday because so much crap it's was happening. We delayed like five days. It's been like five days. And according to ESPN, 30 of their over. And this was this morning. 30 of their top 100 free agents had already agreed to deals and were just waiting for the free agency period to begin today. Crazy. It's nuts. So it's insane. Let's get let's get right let's to, get that. to it. But first. Yes. As always. Yes. What do you got in that glass over there? Bro? Well, Craig. So full disclosure, Craig pregamed a little bit today because I sent him on a mission. I sent him to two roads today with a sacred mission to bring back Bergamonster Weed Ale. It released today at the brewery. Um, you'll see it in stores near near Two Roads and wherever Two Roads is sold shortly. But it is on tap at the brewery. So I dispensed Craig to the brewery to bring back some Burger Monster. And I have... I did. I got it in a growler. A glorious glass of Burger Monster Wheat Ale, which I think we've re- we've reviewed here before. I think last summer we probably did. It, it is definitely... As we mentioned during the last episode, it is the podcast, the fuel of this podcast, all of the ideas that we came up with, whether you like them or not, started with this beer. Started with us having three or four of these at the brewery last <laughs> summer, and saying, "You know what's a great idea for a podcast? <laughs> why does why does every time I go into my drunken voice, I sound like this bizarre combination of Nick Nolte <laughs> and uh, that other guy? Oh God, the, um, the crazy actor. No, that narrows it down. <sighs> the one who sounds kind of gruff, uh, calls everybody chief. Uh, oh God." I don't know. Nick Nolte was actually on well, Sirius yeah. this week promoting a book. So that's why Nick Nolte's in my head. But um, I'm drawing a blank on him. Oh. Well, it's not Gene Who's Ackman. that guy? <laughs> it's not even a football name. No. It's the actor, um, his son. Oh, uh, Busey. Gary Busey. They're pretty much interchangeable, though. That's it. Gary. Well, them. Gary Busey has had a... I think the difference is one did a lot of drugs in the past and one did a lot of drugs now. in the past hour. So I think there's a little bit of a difference. But yeah, they both kind of sound like this. So my drunk voice sounds like a combination of Nick Nolte and Gary Busey. That only took 30 seconds to figure out. On a week, we have too much to discuss. So, so. cheers to Craig for bringing back some uh, Burger Thank Monster. Thank you. It was a mission I, I graciously accepted. <laughs> Gladly accepted. <laughs> Uh, Burger Monster, if you've never had it before, it's kind of like, um, I, it's like probably Blue Moon, but a lot harder. It's if they took Blue Moon. This is how I described it to somebody else today. Because Craig, by the way, was sending me taunting texts from the brewery to let me know he was there. I mean, even though I knew he was going to try and go, he was taking <laughs> pictures of the growler and him having beer. And um, I, did, I was with somebody who was also a beer and aficionado in my office. And uh, he's like, well, what is it like? I said, it's like it's like Blue Moon. If Blue Moon had a stronger beer flavor and was actually brewed with like 50,000 oranges. oranges in the barrel. That's what it ta- it's very It's a stronger orange taste, but it's OK because it's a stronger ale taste as well. Really great springtime summer beer. I'm definitely, very excited. Definitely. So and Craig today has with him. We both have our uh, the last couple cans of double ruffled feathers. I'm a little afraid to open mine after, <laughs> after what happened last week. After last week, where <laughs> the influence of the double ruffled feathers got me way off topic on certain things. Which, before we get into the stuff, I, I owe an apology to the Griffin brothers. 
Okay. Um, their names are Shaquille and Shaquem. Okay. At one point during the podcast last week, in a beer fueled frenzy, I called one of them Shaq Neal. <laughs> Neither okay. of their names is Shaq Neal. All right. But the problem the problem is you can't call them both Shaq. That's true. So one Shaquem and one Shaquille and the Griffin brothers and Shaquem. Um, if you're interested, wrote a fantastic article on the Players Tribune, um, an open letter to the different NFL GMs about the fact that he only has one hand because that's one of the things. And he wrote about how it became apparent to him when he was in youth football that it was going to be something that was going to be held against him his entire life. Even as a youth football player, a coach was trying to hold him out of a game because he only had one hand um, and didn't think he would be able to play and didn't think it was fair for this guy. So... A lot of adversity overcome, but all right. Yeah, so, like I said, I uh, I played football in high school with a kid that had one arm. So, and he was an offensive lineman, and he was pretty yeah. good. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. So, to the to the deals going on. So, free agency. Yeah, we're skipping the questions this week. Yeah, no qu- There's we been so many moves in the last if by some hours. miracle of fate we're under an hour when we get through all of the position we'll players that we want to cover. It's not going to happen. But if we can get through this entire list of things we need to discuss, then we'll do some burning hot take questions on the back end. So, all right, let's go straight to the quarterbacks. Okay. So we'll run down each of them, and then we'll t- we'll discuss uh, the, tr- the moves a little bit as well. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, three-year deal, $84 million, all of it guaranteed. He's going to make crazy. $28 million a year, regardless of whether or not. I'm going to call this a Bobby Bonilla deal. <laughs> um, goes to Minnesota. <laughs> Drew Brees does re-up with New Orleans. Two years, $50 million, $27 million of a guaranteed. Case Keenum, two years in Denver, $36 million. I don't have details on the guaranteed. I, you know, 30-second timeout. I'm using yep. a, uh, a website called SpotRack, S-P-O-T-R-A-C.com. They have a fantastic free agency tracker that gives you a lot of info. If you're interested in this kind of stuff, what your team has done, what people are still available... Go there. It's a fantastic site. So that's why I'm literally reading off of them. Sam Bradford, one-year deal for Arizona. He's going to make $20 million. Um, Chase Daniel signs in Chicago, a two-year, $10 million deal. I don't know how much we'll actually talk about that, but sure, why not? Josh McCown, one-year deal to stay in New York, and a one-year deal for Teddy Bridgewater to come join him. So Craig, Cousins, Breeze, Keenum, Bradford. Let's cut off the list there because <laughs> Daniel McCown and Bridgewater. Oh, I'm sorry. Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon. Uh, goes to Arizona. Undisclosed terms. Yep. Cousins, Breeze, Keenum, Bradford are the four big names that pretty much are finalized today. Yep. Who has the immediate impact? Uh, immediate impact probably I would say would be Cousins. Now keep in mind, Breeze is staying put. <clears throat> Breeze is staying put. Actually, someone offered, we don't know who, but someone offered Drew Brees $60 million guaranteed. And he wanted to stay in New Orleans. For two years, but him and his wife wanted to stay in New Orleans. And, you know, let's be honest, he probably has one to three years left in him, if provided he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. So I can see him not wanting to, like, move his family to wherever. And, and let's let's be completely honest. He can run for Congress. In New Orleans, as soon as he's done playing, he he's could beloved. Down he could there. be the governor of Louisiana one day. <laughs> yeah, he really could. He is beloved down there. So, okay, yeah, Cousins probably makes the best immediate impact. But Minnesota, I mean, Minnesota was in the NFC Championship. They were. It's hard to sit there and say Minnesota got better. They were a step away I from would, the Super Bowl. In that case, you know, 
I honestly have never really seen Sam Bradford play for more than three games. Yeah, Bradford's injury. Same is with three. Bridgewater. Which I is mean, why Bridgewater is, may make the bigger impact on the Jets. Well, but it's it, really, really hard to play in New York. So there's the fascinating part about both of these. Keenum signs. I'm sorry, not Keenum in Denver. Bradford signs in Arizona, but then they automatically same day lock up Mike Glennon to back him up. They bring Mike Glennon over from Chicago. Josh McCown resigns in with the Jets the same day they bring in Teddy For Bridgewater. Double the money. <laughs> yes. So they brought in the two Minnesota quarterbacks who both got hurt this year, but they've already locked up insurance policies. Just in case. And Bridgewater's going to be the backup. McCown, I, I think they're going to go into the offseason and be like, we're going to have a competition. No, no, no. McCown's going to end up winning that competition, I think. McCown's going to be the starter for the Jets. That's my prediction. I wouldn't be shocked if Bridgewater starts, but I think McCown's going to start. I don't think there's a question Bradford's going to be the starter in Arizona over Glennon. I don't think that's a question. But the question is, how long does everybody play? That's a good question. So so which tandem do you like better in terms of like going into this year fantasy-wise? Let's presume they had identical wide receiver course. Okay. Identical. All right. like same talent, same level, balanced. Yep. Would you have more faith in the Bradford Glennon or the McCown Bridgewater teams? That's rough. Because that's essentially what they're doing here. They're 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 hedging their bets. Um because of the division they're in, I'm going to say the Jets. And that was because Yeah, go on. All right, so you look at their divisions. The Jets play the Patriots twice. And you've said the P word. So here comes the double ruffle. <laughs> but over on the NFC West, I think the NFC West is going to be a lot more competitive now. So I think Arizona is probably going to be the the team with the most disadvantages out of everyone in the NFC West. The Especially NFC West. with what the Rams are doing with their defense. The Rams are absolutely the class of the NFC West. San Francisco has definitely already looked, and we don't get into them this week. We'll definitely get into the defensive next week. We really want to focus on the fantasy-relevant players this week. There's no question San Francisco's looking to improve rapidly. They definitely think Jimmy Garoppolo is the answer on offense, and they're definitely trying to improve on defense. There's no question about that. Um, Arizona is in complete rebuild. Arizona might be a four-win team next year. So, yeah. So I'm going to say the Jets. Have the out of those two teams, I think the Jets have the better quarterback tandem. You know, it was funny. I was listening to NFL Radio on Sirius the other day, and they were talking about the way the Dolphins and Bills are posturing mm-hmm. in terms of letting people go. Unless they have an epic draft, they basically just bowed out of the AFC East race in 2018. This was their way of saying, "Go ahead, Patriots, keep doing you." Who's going to challenge the Patriots? The Jets. Maybe. I mean, the Jets play one out of the two games pretty well against the Patriots. That might be the only one we have. That might be the only one we be. have. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm watching my phone because Lord knows breaking news keeps coming. So, <laughs> you know, I see my, I see a banner pop up on my phone. I'm reaching for my phone. So, um, I agree. Cousins going to be an instant effect. Oh, how do you feel about Denver? Like, is that going to matter? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, one of the guys we follow on uh, Twitter, um, I don't remember, I think it was uh, Fantasy Football Dynasty, um, said this is immediate stock up for Emmanuel Sanders and for Demarius Thomas. I don't buy that. 
Um, I got to see more out of Case Keenum before I immediately assume Demarius Thomas is maybe a top 10. Emmanuel Sanders is maybe a top 20. Emmanuel Sanders has a lot more value in a best ball league Mm -hmm. than a regular league in general. Makes sense. So so in a best ball league, he probably goes up a few notches, but we'll have to wait Um, and see. So the other quarterback question is, um, what does Tyrod Taylor do? We're not going to discuss people who aren't signed today. There's too many people. (laughs) Oh, he's not officially signed? No, where is he? Officially official? Oh, he was traded. He was was. traded. Where's Tyrod? Uh, Why am I drawing a blank on this? Miami? No. Jesus. He's in Cleveland. (laughs) Oh, that's right. That's right. You know, he's not on my list because he wasn't a free agent technically. Oh, all right, all right. That's what's throwing me off. I'm I'm so focused on the free agency, so I apologize. That's my fault right there. I only said that because we were talking about quarterbacks. Right, right. Um, I think Tyrod is going to be the starter in Cleveland this year. And whoever they draft in the first round, he's going to be mentoring. And good luck to you, Tyrod, in 2019, because you're probably going to need a broadcast booth. That's what I think about Tyrod Taylor. So with that, let's uh, transition. I think Breeze is going to be decent. I think this keeps everyone in New Orleans level. I think uh, the Minnesota guys, from a fantasy point of view, get a bump up. I'm not bumping up the folks in Denver. I am absolutely not bumping up the Arizona or Chicago players as a result of these quarterback moves, the Jets, I'll wait and see. I'm not a big Robbie Anderson fan, so I need to see what the Jets are going to do on wide receiver. Let's move on to running backs. Okay. Okay. So, here's what we know. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> Jarek McKinnon is going to San Francisco. Four years, $30 million. Guaranteed is only 15.7. So, you know, doesn't that's not a whole lot of faith in them. Uh, Deion Lewis goes from New England to Tennessee. Too rich for New England, so they sent him away. Four years, $20 million, 11 and a half guaranteed. Carlos Hyde goes from San Francisco to Cleveland. Cleveland is a big buyer this offseason. Uh, three years, $15 million, guaranteed numbers not available. The Crow flies to New York. Yep. Three years, $12 million, $4 million guaranteed at signing but only $2 million counts against their cap. That's a key thing. Jonathan Stewart, remember him? 150 oh, yeah. years old, plays for Carolina. Not anymore. Plays for the Giants. Two years, $6.9 million. Do you have it on your screen, too? I Good do. for you. I, I should really open the font up a little bit. I'm squinting and leaning away from the <laughs> microphone. And Why can't they just make it seven? That's such a weird number. 6.9! 6.9. And, and we don't have guaranteed numbers on that contract, so we have no idea why. So uh, Chris Ivory goes to Buffalo, two years, $5.5 million, and Rex Burkhead will stay in New England, but the contract terms have not been disclosed as of yet. So let's take Burkhead out of the mix because he's the only one not changing teams right now. Which of these one, two, three, four, five, six guys is the immediate impact guy there? The immediate impact? Yes. Who just got, who got betterist? Betterist. Yes, not a word. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with McKinnon, San Francisco. So you think McKinnon's that big of an upgrade over Carlos Hyde? I want, yeah, because he can catch. He can. I just don't know if he can do it. Deion Lewis is gonna be in a running back of committee. Carlos Hyde, he's in Cleveland. But you know what, Deion Lewis, to his credit on this, Deion Lewis has always been in a running back by committee. This is true. Rex Burkhead, oh, that other guy who got hurt, Stephen Ridley. That's yep. what I'm thinking of. There's always been a running back by committee, uh, so that then, might be why he wants that. 
Crowell's going to the Jets. He's my impact player. Over he, Powell? Yes. Yes. Bilal Powell. The Bilal Powell experiment from a fantasy... It's over. It is over. From a fantasy perspective, it's done. Just done. There's. I don't think there's anything. I think the Crowell's going to be the lead back. Powell's going to be a change of pace back. Elijah Maguire is going to be in two back sets on third down, and that's it. Yep. So uh, I think Jonathan Stewart signing is interesting. It's interesting. I if think everyone's can, going running back by committee. There's no, there's really no more feature. Well, the problem back. with the Giants is Orlean Darkwa, who I think there was their leading rusher in 2017, is now a free agent. It, it, do you do this move because you can now turn to Darkwa and go, look. What do you want to do? No one else wants you. <laughs> I don't want to be that terrible. You can stay here. <laughs> I don't want to sound like the terrible stepfather here. No one else wants you. There, I did it again. I went to the Nick Nolte voice again. You did. No one else wants you, Chief. You know, it's, um, I think that it may be a ploy, but yes, Jonathan Stewart's not going to shoulder the load alone. The Giants have to have somebody else in that backfield with them. And I don't know who that is right now. I really don't. Um, Chris Ivory going to Buffalo. Don't care. So I think, um, I think Isaiah Crowell, I think Carlos Hyde going to Cleveland is interesting with all the moves Cleveland has made. Mm -hmm. However, you raised some interesting points on Twitter this week about the Cleveland offensive line. Let's go there really quick. Can Carlos Hyde be successful behind the offensive line? Joe Thomas is officially retired. He's retiring. I mean, they did sign, Cleveland did sign. um, They signed two offensive linemen today. Two offensive linemen. But um, I'm going to tell you their names. One is a former chief. Stevenson? Stephson? Uh, well, one was Hubbard from Pittsburgh. He's a good one. They got him for $37.5 million for five years. Donald Stevenson is the other one. He's a guy who's had issues with the performance-enhancing policy and used mm-hmm. to play for the Chiefs. Okay. So now here's the thing. As me being a Bengals fan for a very long time, the Bengals have always had very high-end talent at receiver yeah. and running back. Yeah. But let me tell you a little secret. No matter how good those guys are, if the front five guys yeah. are not good and yeah. don't play as a cohesive line, yes. it does not matter. And, and to that end, Cincinnati has signed exactly zero offensive linemen so far. Yes. You know, I mean, we're um, on the first day of free agency, but this has been the most active pre- really has. period I've ever seen. So, like I mentioned to someone on Twitter, it um, Kaiser got sacked 38 times last season. And as someone responded, a lot of those were on Kaiser. But even still, right. and this is the point I brought up to you. If 10 of those sacks were solely Kaiser's indecision. For holding it too long. For holding it too long or, or not deciding to run to the last minute. Or whatever, yeah. That still means you gave up 28 sacks Yep. as an offensive. Okay, let's, let's say half. Let's say Kaiser is the worst decision maker in the history of the universe. Next to Donald Trump. Repeal the tariff. Trump <laughs> won't make me pay more for my beer. Half. Still means... Still. He's responsible for 19. That means 19 sacks. That's still better than almost a sack a game. Almost, it's 1.3 sacks a game. Yeah, that's, and that's not good. No. You want to know? You want to ask someone about how how important offensive line is? Ask David Carr. Yes. David Carr was an amazing quarterback on the wrong team. He got sacked 48 times in one season. Now, in their defense, I've listened to a lot of NFL radio the last couple of days, mainly because I've had to because I can't keep up with everything otherwise. <laughs> Literally, like, my wife is like, are you coming to bed? And I'm like, no, no I'm listening to NFL radio. Go to bed. There, I did it again. I'm going to Nick Nolte voice again. Okay, I'm going to stop doing that. I swear to God. Um, <laughs> but 
they talk about the Cleveland offensive line is very average, like in the 10th to 20th average. (laughs) But I don't think so. I think they're not. I don't think they're really that good. And And without Joe Thomas, they're really not that. And here's the other problem. So you're going to sign these two guys to really big contracts. They haven't played with the other three guys on the line. So you better have a really good. They may not like each other. You better have a really good camp. You know? So, okay, so we're in agreement. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I even remember what the question was. So I don't know what we're agreeing <laughs> on. Um, yeah, so McKinnon, you think, is the best impact. I think uh, Crowell going to Jersey. Uh, Jersey. Jersey, Ugh. wow. Okay. Well, pretty much. Double well, ruffled he's, feathers he's is to, banned from this podcast. Technically, he is going to Jersey. Yes. Because the Meadowlands. say Jets. The Meadowlands is in New Jersey. Double ruffled feathers banned from this podcast going <laughs> forward. I love it, and I love it too much. Wide receiver. So here's what's happened so far. Sammy Watkins to the Chiefs. Uh, there's Woo! rumors he was going to go to Cincinnati. Woo! He didn't. He's going to the Chiefs. He's going to the team that actually has a chance to win the Super Bowl. Woo! Woo! Okay. Britt's happy. I, I'm very, I think this is a great signing. So I'm going to tip my hand. This is the one I'm saying is immediate impact. But okay. Anyway. So Watkins to the Chiefs, three years, $48 million, $30 million guaranteed? Wow, oh, Chiefs have my. a lot of money. Well, when you trade your quarterback and you're... So now who is um, who's your quarterback going to throw to? Sammy Watkins. Well, who else do you have now? That other guy. The rookie? No, well, not, not the rookie. rookie. The dude has been here a couple years. The speedster. Oh, God, You're why? the chief fan? <laughs> I've been drinking. It's a football slash beer podcast. The dude who was there this year, he's tall. He's Tyreek Hill. There you go. There you, you would go. come to me if I stalled long enough. Tyreek Hill. You have Tyreek Hill, and now you have Sammy Watkins on the other side of the field? Oh. Yeah. That's, yep. I'm, I'm excited. Okay. So he's that's it's big. The question is, can Mahomes deliver? Can Pat Mahomes deliver? Because this availability and money is because Pat Mahomes is on his rookie contract. This is going to be Mahomes' second year. His first year as a starter. He's on a rookie contract. That's the only reason that the Chiefs can afford to make a move like this. So, Allen Robertson to Chicago. R.I.P. Allen Robertson's career. Three where years. Players where wide receivers go to die. Three years, $42 million. <laughs> Name the last Chicago wide receiver that was really, uh, really good. Ishmael. That was like 40 years ago. That's not That's not even true, close to true. But anyway, Paul Richardson. I don't care about Paul Richardson. No. He is completely irrelevant. Marquise Lee staying sorry, wait, on. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. Yep. They gave him five years, $40 million in Washington? Yes. For Alex Smith to throw to him? Yes. <sighs> Richardson is a possession guy, right? He is. Oh, I still think there's a mistake. Anyway, all right, moving on. Marquise Lee. He's staying in Jacksonville. Four years, 38 mil. Uh, 18 mil guaranteed. That's a that's a big thing. Jacksonville could not afford to let both Robinson and Lee go, so that's good. And someone named Ryan Grant, who apparently, if you look on Twitter, no one knows who the hell Ryan Grant is. Seriously? <laughs> like, people in for Baltimore fans, they're like, who the hell is Ryan Grant? He's like the... He, he was the guy you don't know because everyone was obsessed with Tyrell Pryor in Washington. That's you want the honest like answer. Like Rob Kelly and the running backs. Yes, he's the guy you don't know because you were all looking at Tyrell Pryor and going, "Oh my God, he's converted from quarterback and here's the future." You notice I did not do the Nick Nolte voice. No, there. no, you did Valley that Girl voice. Yes, I did. So um, that's why you don't know Ryan Grant. And if you don't know Ryan Grant, 
You need this podcast to survive your fantasy draft <laughs> because we know Ryan Grant. Uh, Albert Wil- Albert Wilson left. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's okay. We have Sammy Watkins. Albert Wilson, great, great guy. Knows his routes. Hands of stone. So, mm-hmm. He needs the stick him. He needs to so risk football jail. Miami hasn't uh, upgraded their No, receivers. God, no. What did they give him? Three years, 24 mil? That's about right. They gave him more than Amendola. Amand- I don't know why Amendola left New England. I really don't. That's Money. a discussion for another day. Why? Money. Two years, 12 million? You could have gotten that out of New England. Nah, apparently not. <sighs> then that New England's a fool. Moncrief, still in the league. That's good to see. He's he going to, to Jacksonville. Jacksonville. So now your one-two punch becomes Lee and Moncrief. And whatever happens to Hearns. And whatever happens to Hearns. That's that. I like that. John Brown to Baltimore because Baltimore needs bad wide receivers. Uh, John Brown becomes probably the best known wide receiver in Baltimore behind Ryan Grant, who no one knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Taylor Gabriel's going to Chicago. That happened. That happened literally on my drive over here. So no, no details there. Four year deal according to him. He's saying he got a four year deal, but no details. Nope. And of course, Brian Quick is going to stay in Washington. But if you know Brian Quick and you don't know Ryan Grant, please stop playing fantasy football. <laughs> so, all right, Craig, um, you already know Sammy Watkins is my impact player. I think Watkins yeah. is going to come in and make an immediate impact on the Chiefs passing game. Yep. Who's your big name here? Who's the guy you're big like, wow, this is a great move? Great move. Well. And don't say Allen Robinson because he went to Chicago. It's going to be at, No. <laughs> um, honestly, going by last year. And I guess it's really you're not going to be. That's so really much all you impact, can ever judge anything by. Yeah, um, it's going to be Marquez Lee staying, staying in, Jacksonville. in Jacksonville. I think that was really good on Jacksonville's part. Jacksonville had there. Robinson, Lee, and Hearns. Is Hearns an unrestricted free agent? Um, I don't think he's on the list. He's not, so he must be restricted, or he's under contract. Or they might cut him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, then he would show up under, under unrestricted. They could not afford to lose more than one or two of them, and. They lost one, and they immediately replaced him. Is Allen Robinson? Let's put. So here's. Let's ask the question: Does Dante Moncrief adequately fill in for Allen Robinson on Jacksonville? Is that an even exchange? Did, who won? Who lost there? Mm. I feel like Jacksonville took a notch down. I think they took a little bit notch down, but seeing as what Robinson is getting from Chicago. Right. I can see why they did it, just for cap reasons. And from a fantasy perspective, Marquise Lee gets a huge bump here. Huge. Bortles is so going to stay there. So does he become there. the number one? Yes. In my opinion, yes. Unless they sign somebody I don't see here. There's I, another There's another name, um, also a sidebar. Yeah. I will never draft Eric Decker again in any fantasy Eric Decker ever. and DeMarco Murray. Craig is ever. anti. I am done. So if you I'm play done. for the Tennessee Titans, there's a pretty good chance Craig will never draft you again. Um, there are a few joys in life better than watching Craig freak out when someone he's drafted like three times because he keeps hearing that guy's going to be good this year. Finally, when he finally reaches that breaking point, it's awesome. Um, there's another big shock in the receiver land. What's that? Um, Aaron Rodgers is going to be minus his favorite target. With Jordy Nelson being cut? Yeah. But we promised ourselves we were not only going to talk about signings. We're not going to talk about cuts. No. So, all right, yep. yeah, 30 seconds. Where does Jordy yep. Nelson go? Where does Jordy Nelson go, comma, go? 
Uh, last place I heard he's talking to is the Raiders. And? And if he goes there, they're probably going to cut Michael Crabtree. And? And is that's... it a good fantasy move? Does it help either Derek Carr? It helps or... Derek Carr, I would say. I agree. And you're throwing. I think Jordy hand Jordy has his better better hands, I should say. Than Michael Crabtree? Yes. yes. You have better hands than Michael Crabtree <laughs> based on twenty seventeen. So okay, I, I think the Watkins acquisition's big. Yep. Lee staying is big. Robinson's not big to me because... It's Chicago. It's Chicago. Sorry, Sean, if you even listen to this. Paul Richardson might be big. I'm going to label right now Paul Richardson, one of my preseason sleepers. He might or might not be someone I draft. Lee is huge. The Ryan Grant acquisition, I think, is bigger than people think. Albert Wilson, don't care. Danny Amendola, don't care. Dante Moncrief, I got to see what develops. That's it. The end. The end. (laughs) Tight ends. Fortunately, wow, we are making fantastic time. It's only 30 minutes in. And we are making fantastic time because there's only like six tight ends that changed teams in the last day. <laughs> and there's only one g- giant name. But there is two. There's two. Trey Burton went to Chicago. Four years. $32 million. Or people. And $18 million. Scared. <laughs> but here's the thing. Chicago uses their tight end. That's, they do. You know, when everything else fails, so Trey Burton might be a sleeper pick right now. Could be. So Could be. The big name you're talking about is Jimmy Graham going from Seattle to Green Bay. Yep. Three years, $30 million, $10 million this year, no guaranteed numbers. Darren Fells goes from Detroit to Cleveland. Derek Carrier goes from L.A. to Oakland. Virgil Green, who I didn't know was still in the league, is going to the uh, Chargers uh, for undisclosed. Niles Paul goes from Washington to Jacksonville. That's kind of a big deal. And Lee Smith stays with Oakland three years undisclosed. So looking at this list, who's the immediate impact guy? And don't say Jimmy Graham because you're not allowed to. Uh, But I was going to say Jimmy Graham. All right, then go ahead and say Jimmy Graham. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say Jimmy Graham because it gives Aaron Rodgers another target. Wrong. How so? Wrong. <laughs> Not right. No. <laughs> Wrong. The correct answer, I just lost it, is <laughs> Niles Paul. Jacksonville's only hole has been tight end. Who was that tight end on the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2017? I couldn't tell you Go. off the top of my head. I couldn't either. The dude played one good game in London. He had the three touchdowns, and yep. I watched at 9 o'clock in the morning on that particular week. I think it was like week four or five as my um, every single one of my DFS pools simultaneously died because he caught three touchdowns in Miami. And before a single other player had hit the field, all of a sudden my tight end pool was dead. <laughs> Nile, this is a huge acquisition for Jacksonville. I think Niles Paul is going to do big, big things there. I think that that, that's a huge acquisition there. So I I get Jimmy Graham's the name. I get it. And he was fantastic in Seattle. And I'm sorry, not Seattle, New Orleans. Underutilized in Seattle. And now he's going to Green Bay where they've never had a tight end they could rely on. Yes, he gets a huge bump up. But he goes up in the top 10, maybe one or two spots. Niles Paul has the potential to be a top 10 tight end this year. 
You heard, you heard it here, here first. first. <laughs> at around the 32-minute mark of episode, where are we, 37? Yep. Episode 37 in a row. We should uh, make the logo of this uh, podcast the Kreskin hat. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, Niles Paul is a sleeper tight end pick this year in fantasy. So you're on board the Jimmy Graham train. I am because I don't think you can compare the time he spent in New Orleans to the time he spent in Seattle because... <clears throat> Excuse me, because you cannot compare Drew Brees to Russell Wilson. Drew, Drew Brees will throw 45, 50 times a game. Russell Wilson will throw what, 20? Russell Wilson will drop back 45 times a game, but he runs 15. Right. So you can't, like, you know, Jimmy Graham is also a really good blocking tight end as well. So Is he really? He is. Is he? Well, he's better than most. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna depart from our originally agreement, and that I'm gonna talk about somebody who's unsigned because Eric Ebron was released today. They showed him the right hallway. They showed him the right hallway, and our friends at 360 Degree Football were quick to point out he was drafted after Odell Beckham. So after I think or before? After. I'm sorry. No, before. Before. You're right. You're right. So there were there a tweet that basically said, "Dear Detroit, you could have had Odell." was absolutely on point because that would have been huge. Huge. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't know. I, it's a good point. Eric Ebron, the Eric Ebron experiment just did not I work. had him on my team. He was on my fantasy team. He was average. Oh, Craig is reaching for the I'm reaching can. for it. I'm going to open it. This is like his eighth beer today. He is opening I double ruffle, double ruffled feathers. <laughs> we can't feathers. even say it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's the show, folks. All right, so Craig is. So we're going to pause here, and Craig's going to clear his palate. I have been waiting for this for over a week. Craig is going to try double ruffled feathers from Stony Creek for the first time. I loved this beer, so let's see what Craig thinks. He's taking a swig of it now. A swig, my God! I just sound like a grandfather. He's coming back from it, folks. He's, he's thinking. That's smooth. That is smooth. The flavor palette. How did it hit you? Um, really, like, kind of like a mix of a bitter citrus, like right up front. That's the bright citrus, according to the <clears throat> Whatever the bright citrus is. Whatever that is. <laughs> did you get the waves like I did between the I, the hoppiness of an IPA and yeah, the citrus? Yeah, see, now I... Now I I taste the hoppy part. And like 30 seconds later, right? Yeah. It takes a moment. The hops come a little bit because it's like it's weird. It, it is. It's strange. You drink this beer and you swallow a mouthful and your tongue goes, oh, you're drinking an IPA. Wait, that's mango. Wait, <laughs> no, that's that's hops. Wait, I don't know what that is. You're confusing <laughs> me. It really is. There's there's it's a, a strong, really big mix. It really is. The funny part was we, we recorded on Saturday and we sat here and I drank that and made terrible mistakes because it's really strong and really good. Um, and then I went and I was working at the arena that I do beer sales for when they need me. And most of the time I'm on a craft beer cart that has a number of different brands. I show up that day. I'm like, where am I? You're on the Stony Creek cart. <laughs> Did they have this? They did not. Oh. I would have gotten fired. I would have been sitting there <laughs> drinking it. I would have been fired. 
<laughs> You're fired. That it would have been bad. It would have been bad. But so, what do you think? So, the untapped rating system is zero to five. If you had to give this a spot rating, what would you give it? Um. Well, I've only had two sips. Yeah, but that's um, why I'm asking so you for the second sip. At least a four. It's pretty good, right? At least right? a four. By the time I'm done, that may change. But now I, right, now right, I tell right you now, at least a four. Now I tell you, it's four dollars a can. Does that, does that change your rating at all? <laughs> well, it's about the same. It about really the same. is. <clears throat> there, we, we again, we try to to really grab, and I said this during the last podcast. We try to grab different beers. We want to review as much as possible as part of this podcast. So we tend to grab different stuff. Um, we've grabbed a couple of the quote unquote expensive craft beers like Lawson's, Too Juicy, yep. things of that nature. This is my favorite of the bunch. Yeah. You know what I got to find again? The Wolf Pup. Is that Victory? I think so. It's Victory on our website. Brewing? I keep watching to see if there's going to be any good beer fest in our area. I'm not seeing any yet. No, but no. See what happens. That's all right. Anyway, all right, back to anyway. football. So we've gotten through the skill positions. We did. So let's talk about really quickly before we move on to defense and offensive line and all that other stuff. What team from a fantasy perspective, overall team. Overall team. Yes. Are you looking at more closely because of the free agency moves? Ooh, that's a good question. I I I promised that's, there would not be that's a good one burning hot take questions, and here's a burning <laughs> hot take question because Craig was not aware. I wasn't aware this question would be asked. What if if you had to sit there and say, "Wow, this team now has my attention from a fantasy point of view"? Who would you be watching right now? Um, well, this may upset people, but it's not going to be the Browns. Okay. Um, I think because of who they've signed so far, um, I is probably going to sound weird. Uh, it's probably going to be Jacksonville. Okay. What about Jacksonville intrigues you? Uh, the fact that they signed, <clears throat> well, they signed that guard to like $65 million. Right. Um, they kept Lee. They now have Moncrief. I think if, um, if everyone stays healthy, you're probably going to see Jacksonville in the playoffs again. Oh, I don't think there's a question about that because the AFC South is really quite weak. Yeah. When you like think about Houston's it. no longer a the powerhouse <laughs> right. the AFC South. Right. I'm looking at the uh the, the, the as guard. long as as long as Fournette stays healthy because his ankles are made of paper mache. Right. So that is a problem. The guard you're referencing is um Norwell. Yes. Uh Andrew Norwell, who is uh I'm not sure where he's coming over from. Uh, Carolina. All right, he's coming over from Carolina. But over the last two seasons, he has played all 16 games in both seasons. He has seen over 1,000 snaps in each game. I'm sorry, each wow. series. 1,000 <laughs> snaps a wow. game. Wow. <laughs> Double ruffled, you are banned. 1,000 um, snaps in the last two seasons. And in 2015... He was only he, he did get hurt, but he was available for 13 out of 16 games and saw 800 snaps. So going back to tw- through 2015, he has played 45 games in three seasons. He's 45 out of 48 possible games, and he has seen almost 2,000 snaps. There's a reliability yeah. factor there. 
That's a huge get from them from the non-skill position. But here's the thing. When you gather not, and this is why as a fantasy podcast, we have to pay attention to these things. These non-skill positions, as they call them, matter in the skill position assessments. How yes. much better is the Jacksonville running game now because they brought in a reliable guard? Uh, it's definitely, keep, at least at the very least, it keeps it where it is with Fournette. Fournette's value has to go up at the very, it It really depends on, it really depends on Fournette's ankles. Right. But Fournette's value can't go down because of this move. Correct. So here's, here's something that has absolutely nothing to do with the health of Leonard Fournette on the surface, but has a lot to do with his fantasy performance in 2018 right off the bat. You, if Fournette was completely healthy or even if his health was stabilized and you could sit there and go, okay, we can rely on him for 15 games this year or 14 games this year. This is a bump up. And that's what you got to look at in an offensive line. Who's bumping up who? So let's really quick. I'm not going to run down the line run down the, the names or anything like that. Maybe we'll do that in another episode, but Jacksonville makes big moves on the line. Cleveland makes two moves on the line, uh, Tennessee, and it's all guards. With the exception of Nate Soldier, who went to yep. from New England to the Giants, the top four of the top five free agent signings right off the bat in terms of value were guards. People are signing guards. And those teams are Jacksonville, Cleveland, Tennessee, and Atlanta. What yep. do all four of those teams have in common? Jacksonville, Cleveland, Tennessee, and Atlanta. Go. What do they have in common? What do they have in common other than the yeah. fact they all sign guards? Other than that, <laughs> they're all looking to improve their run game this year. Jacksonville bolsters true. the line to try and, and protect Tennessee Fournette. signed another running back. Cleveland brings in Hyde. Tennessee cuts DeMarco Murray, basically promotes... What's his fate? Henry. Derek Henry and brings in... Who's he got? Oh, God. It's, I, it's, I have you up on my screen. Who did they sign? Oh, Deion Lewis. Brings on Deion Lewis. So they're trying to upgrade the line for those two. You look down, you've got Atlanta. Atlanta has their running backs in place. They're trying to bolster the line to make it easier for the two of them. Houston might be the exception to this. Houston yeah, I don't is know. Next Houston's in a weird spot. But they bring in the best guard from New Orleans that they could get, and they paid him $12 million over three years. So offensive line matters. It really does. Really quick, looking at the defensive moves, a couple of big ones. The we'll probably Rams. Spend, the Rams <laughs> are all over the place. I'd be scared to throw against the Rams. But it, the Malcolm Butler move, that doesn't scream to you as the biggest move on this list? Um, It does to me. I, Richard Sherman going from Seattle to San Francisco, very average move in my opinion. Very average. Let's see. But I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at Malcolm Butler, five years, $61 million, with 30 of it. I, I misread that. It said 50. I was like, 50 million guaranteed. That's a lot of money. 30 of it guaranteed. That's a huge move on a Tennessee defense, where that was the problem with Tennessee, was they couldn't keep a lead, except That's against true. the goddamn Chiefs in the freaking playoffs. <laughs> Thanks, Chiefs. You know, uh, it that's happens. 
But I mean, that's that's the big move. The biggest move at linebackers is Anthony Hitchens going from Dallas to Kansas City. Woo, Kansas City, woo. <laughs> Um, and Nigel, Nigel, uh, Bradham's decided to stay put in Philadelphia. Those are the big moves there. But I mean, even here I'm looking Cleveland is again, another mover getting Travis Carey out of Oakland. Uh, yeah. There's some, you know, somebody finally realized that Cleveland defense is really bad. Good for you. So, I mean, Richard Sherman in terms of pure money is the sixth name on this list. <clears throat> that doesn't really wow me. Yeah, but look at who look at who they're who's in the Rams secondary now. All right, go ahead. They signed Sam Shields, who was or used to be on the Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay could be really good there. Yes, Marcus Peters. Oh yeah, and Talib from Denver. <laughs> Would you want to throw against the Rams now? Who's throwing against the Rams though? Yeah, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I'm not really afraid well, of him with that that lineup. I'm not afraid of Garoppolo. Uh, whoever's in Arizona one of the two guys we talked about in Arizona <laughs> uh, and hopefully not Mike Lennon um, well it's not a division Seattle San Francisco no, Seattle's, um... Seattle's not a division is there any a- NFC West yeah so it's the Cardinals right the Cardinals the 49ers the Seahawks <clears throat> and I'm forgetting somebody Oh yeah, no. Yeah, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals, the Rams. Okay, the Rams. We're talking about the Rams Rams. can't play themselves. Right there, we go. (laughs) So the only one I'm worried about then is Seattle. And what I'm basically saying is I'm going to take away Russell Wilson's ability to throw, and I'm going to make him run, and I'm going to trap him every time he tries to run. Yeah. So basically, so I'm gonna, really, what we're saying is you should draft the Rams defense. <laughs> what I'm saying is they're going to put seven guys in the box and put four guys in the secondary because those four guys are really good. And say, go ahead and throw on us, Russell Wilson, because we don't think you can do it. Your coach is a defensive-minded coach. Your your weapons are average at best. Jimmy Graham's gone, so I'm not worried about Jimmy Graham coming across the middle. You're you're letting you're parting ways with Thomas Rawls. Eddie Lacy didn't work out. What are you? What am I worried about? What 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 weapons? And Paul Richardson's left. What offensive weapons scare me other than Russell Wilson on the Seahawks? On the Seahawks? Yeah. Mm, am I just none. am I just absolutely blitzing on somebody mentally? Because it's entirely possible I've had some double ruffled <laughs> feathers. It's entirely possible I'm forgetting somebody, but I don't think I am. I really think Seattle needs to make Russell some major Wilson. moves. Yeah. Um. Uh, no. Ball, well, you know how I feel about Doug Baldwin. All right, Doug Baldwin, but inconsistent, inconsistent. Other than that, and you've got the secondary. Then Doug- there's then there's Tyler Lockett. Who's no, no. What about the running backs? Who's in the backfield for them? Eddie Lacy. Nope, he's a free agent. Um, now then I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what am I worried about? I've got three really good guys in the secondary. I can Mike s- Davis. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> who is Mike Davis? It's Mike Davis. Did I just have a Ryan Grant moment, but with the Seahawks? <laughs> you may have. You may have. He's been so, playing for three years. If I'm the Rams, he Mike, was waived by San Francisco last week, and then, or not last week, last year, and then claimed by Seattle last year. So if I'm if I'm the Rams defense, my entire strategy is it's shutting down Russell Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson and everyone else. So my secondary sole job is to stop Baldwin and Lockett, just clog them up for five seconds. 
so that I can force Russell Wilson to run because the other seven guys on my defense are going to take care of Russell Wilson. That's my sole strategy. Who's going to compete with the Rams? Jimmy Garofalo is not going to throw that well, unless he's got way better wideouts than I thought. He's not going to throw that well against the Rams. Nope. And, you know, Carlos Hyde Rams ain't may walking win through that, that door. What's that? The Rams may win that division. That, I think the Rams are a shoo-in for that division as it stands right now. Now, the draft's a couple weeks away. My opinion on that may change. <laughs> but, well, again, it's that's the way so, it works. Here's another question before yeah. I know because we're getting towards we the end. we got about three minutes. We're right away. We're, we're at the just, end. Just so, short from final um, thoughts. Jarvis Landry, he's gone out of Miami. Yeah, where's Landry now? Uh, he's in Cleveland. Yeah, that's right. Another Cleveland, Cleveland. guy. Um, does this upgrade Devontae Parker for you? Is no. Devontae Parker the number one in Miami now? No, because I still know what to make of Ryan or what Tannehill. what about Kenny Stills? No, because I still know what to make of Ryan Tannehill. I don't know what their quarterback situation is. How can I possibly upgrade their wideouts? You could give me Jerry Rice, <laughs> and I'm going to go Tim Brown. All right. But it's me behind the line throwing the ball. <laughs> it doesn't matter how good they are if I can't get them the ball. I don't know, A, health-wise of Ryan Tannehill, and B, I am done hearing about how Ryan Tannehill is going to break out this year. And that's it. When you're talking about fantasy football, you need, and you're talking about wideouts, you need a quarterback who knows how to throw the ball and a quarterback that can stay healthy. Their quarterback not only could not stay healthy, their backup was so bad, they put, put a guy out of retirement. <laughs> they pulled Jay Cutler out of retirement in order to cover the gap. That does not make me feel any better about anyone. And I had Jarvis Landry this year. I drafted him. When they brought in Jay you Cutler, did? I was like, yes, Jarvis Landry is going to, because Cutler's a gunslinger. <laughs> I was all excited. No, no. The Miami Dolphins right now are a, a sinkhole of talent. I have no interest in anyone on their team. All right, None. then. I'm all right. Have it. Final thoughts. We tried to cover as much as we could today. There will be significantly more. There'll be more next week because I'm sure more is going to happen. <laughs> Let's be honest with ourselves. There'll be more in five minutes after we're done with Probably this podcast. More than likely. More than likely, like, you know, someone's three people are going to get signed by the time we save this podcast. <laughs> yes. So final thoughts, Craig, you first. What's what's um, burning this, in your brain? This quite possibly in the years, all the years I've been watching football, playing fantasy football, uh, the year doing this podcast. Yeah. This has been the craziest offseason I have ever witnessed. This last month has been insane. Insane. Even like the past 48 hours have been insane. Yep. yep. Literally, my phone goes off 15 times a day with somebody getting it's just signed. just nuts. This is going to make fantasy um, kind of interesting next year. Which is, again, the whole reason why we delayed giving you our projections. A lot of podcasts were like, yeah, let's people have started doing like um, uh, mock drafts. Yes. Can't and that's do fine. that now. That's fine if that's the way you want to go, but you got it. You, you're going to have to change them. You're going to have definitely. to change them. Oh, definitely. There's too much changing for us to say that. My final thought is that the big winner in all of these moves is everyone on the New Orleans defense. Take two. Take two. Everyone on. Everyone on the New Orleans offense. That had nothing to do with beer, by the way. That was just me <laughs> stumbling over my words. Everyone on the New Orleans offense. Michael Thomas. Mark Ingram, if he's still there, because he's another one that's got trade bait he's written still all there. over him. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Sidebar. Did you see the video of Alvin Kamara's workout? No. Is it insane? 
All right, so picture this. You know the 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 frame they have for when you're say you're doing squats. Yeah. The big metal frame. Yeah. Okay, so picture that frame. Okay. Uh, then picture the bar you would be doing the squat with. All right. Okay. And then two plates on each side of that bar. And then picture a Jeep Cherokee, not Cherokee, uh, just a regular Jeep. Uh strapped to you with a rope. Alvin okay. Kamara Alvin Kamara picked up the entire frame with the weights and the bar with a Jeep strapped to him and then pulled it down the street. You are a total Alvin Kamara shill. You Alvin know that right Kamara now? is insane. He's insane. I'm not denying that. But also, you, he's going to be a Bridgeport war machine for the rest of yeah, his yeah, life. Yeah, that's why I mean. I mean, you were seriously. <laughs> so, so, um, all right. So, my final thought, and then we're going to go to something beyond final thoughts because I never end with final thoughts ever, even though I was supposed to. Um, my final thoughts is Ted Ginn, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, whoever's on that offense next year, huge bump up by the stability provided by having two more years of Drew Brees. 2019, I don't know. Last year of a contact. Maybe. Probably was going to retire. Probably going to retire. But 2018, I feel really good about the New Orleans offense from a fantasy perspective. Really good. There is going to be, and I'm telling you this now so you can prepare. Okay. In 2020, yes, we're looking that far ahead, the National Sports Collectors Convention is coming back to Atlantic City. All right. You need to come with us. Because you have not experienced life until you've been to the National Sports Collectors Convention. And they literally have 70 people signing. Every industry. Last time we were there, Hulk Hogan was there. Nice. And there was an African-American dude dressed up as Hulk Hogan wandering around. (laughs) Who looked exactly like Hulk Hogan, except for the fact that he was very, very, his skin was much darker than Hulk Hogan's. Um, with a belt and everything. He had nice. a championship belt. He was wearing a spandex, everything. The People mustache? were taking pictures with him. Oh, yeah. And he dyed the mustache bright yellow. Nice. Like bright yellow. Did he have yellow. a bandana? Yes. Nice. He was head to toe. Nice. Like, seriously, if he was not very skinny and of a completely different area <laughs> of the world, I would have thought it was possibly a guy dressed up exactly as Hulk Hogan. But anyway, there's always a good chance Alvin Kamara could be at this event and I want to see you geek out and completely lose yourself when you're like, oh, my God, Alvin Kamara, you're my favorite player. <laughs> my name's Craig. Will you marry me? Yeah, I want to uh, see it. I want to see it. All right, I'll go. My brother was not quite that bad when Mike Piazza I'll was go. at the last one. So they're in hey, Cleveland man, this year. So No one other ever than Mike Piazza can throw better to center field. Oh my God, Mike Piazza's a gun of an arm. He's gun of arm right to center field. He's got terrible aim. Horrible. Horrible aim. I mean, he could gun it. He could he can fire that ball to second base to pick off a runner. The problem is the center you fielder is gonna be the one yeah, catching it. It's not gonna be the second baseman or the shortstop that always picked up that ball. But he didn't get into the Hall of Fame because he threw out runners. You know, I was at his Hall of Fame induction Were was you? It last year or the year before. Last year. Nice. Last year. We went to this hall. It was 105 degrees. We sat 17 miles from the stage, <laughs> and it was one but, of the best uh, days. Yeah, anytime I turned on a Mets game and he was playing, he would inevitably try to throw to second, and it would wind up in center or it left was, field or right field you know, or it, the bleachers. It's very rare when you see a, a pickoff move or an attempt to steal 
where the shortstop goes to cover the bag. The second baseman backs up the shortstop and the third baseman backs up where the shortstop would have been on a normal defensive stance because you just don't know. No, it no, was a different, just, different kind of wheel. I'm pretty play. sure. I'm pretty sure he closed his eyes and then threw the ball. <laughs> hey, still better than Mackie Sasser. That's true. And or, in my opinion, still the or, second best um, catcher in Mets history behind Gary Carter or, or Chuck Knobloch throwing into, uh, you know, the stands. Right. So, right. So, hey, Hall of Famer, great player, really nice guy. I had the ch- horrible aim again. Talking about the the national last year, Adam got to meet him at the 2018, 2017, 2016. Jesus, last year's national, 2017, um, in Atlantic City, and they'll be back in 2020. You're coming with me, and I'm going to try my best to see if Alvin Kamara will be there nice. to watch you geek out. But we are completely out of time because we have got to save we some crazy. of our podcast time. For the next two weeks, because there's going to be a lot more moves, a lot more to talk about. And if there isn't, there's always double ruffled beer by Stony Creek Brewing. Thanks to Stony Creek. Thanks to Two Roads. Thanks to Craig. Craig, last minutes. Uh, last minutes. Remember, folks, the Browns are still the Browns. The Browns are still the Browns. Download us on Spotify. Download us wherever you download us. Stitcher, uh, iTunes, iTunes, anywhere. Leave us a review. Contact us. FignutsDFS at gmail.com. At FignutsDFS on Twitter. I'm rushing through all of this because we're out of time. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And this is the Football Fignuts Podcast. See you next week. Mm-hmm.